Why don't we begin to lift up the name of Jesus together? Let's praise Him in this place. If you're online watching, come on, praise Him where you're at right now. Lord, we love you and magnify you. Hallelujah. We glorify you, God. You're worthy. Hallelujah. We've come to bless you today, Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise the Lord. Why don't you get your Bibles out and open them to the book of Psalms, the 99th Psalm. Good to see all of you in the house of the Lord today. Good to have those of you joining us online. Amen. We greet and bless you and welcome you in the name of the Lord. Glad to have my in-laws here today. Amen. So glad when they always come to see me. Amen. There is an ulterior motive this weekend while they're here. Amen. That's my son getting married. <laughs> so hallelujah. Psalm 99, verse 1. The Lord reigns. Let the people tremble. He sets between the cherubims. Let the earth be moved. The Lord is great in Zion, and He is high above all the people. Let them praise your great and terrible name, for it is holy. The king's strength also loves judgment. You do establish equity. You execute judgment and righteousness in Jacob. Exalt ye the Lord our God and worship at his footstool, for he is holy. Moses and Aaron among his priests and Samuel among them that call upon his name. They called upon the Lord and he thought about answering them. <laughs> and he answered them. He spake unto them in the cloudy pillar. He, they kept his testimonies and the ordinance that he gave them. You answered them, O Lord our God. You was a God that forgave them, though you took vengeance of their inventions. That means of their iniquity. Exalt the Lord our God and worship at his holy hill, for the Lord our God is holy. And for the next few minutes, I'm going to preach, teach, and treat on this subject, the superlative holiness of God. Let us pray together in Jesus' name. Father, let the living word preach the written word and make my tongue the pen of a ready writer. Open our understanding that we may comprehend the scriptures. Lord, cause every hindrance right now to be rebuked and to be cast out. And let us be converted and convicted by your love and truth. We pray it and believe it and expect it in the name of Jesus. And if you believe it, would you shout amen? amen. You may be seated in Jesus' name. I stand before you today to boldly declare to you our holy God. Hallelujah. He is unwavering in fulfilling all His eternal purposes. He is unhindered by the frailty of humanity and their attempt to cancel Him. He is God all by Himself and He is holy. Praise God. Praise God. Psalm 99 belongs to a category called the enthronement psalms. They describe God as reigning supremely and sovereignly over all. It joins, Psalm 99 joins a host of angels who cry out, Holy! Holy! 
Holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. Isaiah 6, 3 records this. Amen. When Isaiah's vision, when he saw the Lord high and lifted up, he saw cherubs, he saw angels crying out, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts, the whole earth is full of His glory. It's the same thing John saw in Revelation 4 and verse 8. And the four beasts had each of them six wings about Him, and they were full of eyes within, and they rest not day and night, saying, Holy, 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 the Lord God Almighty, which was and is and is to come. It's not that these angels can't think of anything else to say. Instead, they are speaking the superlative statement of eternity. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Did you know that the holiness of God is mentioned more in the Bible than sovereign or just or merciful and even love. Amen. He is holy. Now, the writers of the Bible did not have modern ways that we emphasize things in print, such as underline, italicize, capitalize, boldface, etc. They didn't have highlighters to, to emphasize a text. And so, the ancient writers would use repetition to emphasize something. This is what happens when you hear Jesus saying, Verily, verily, I say unto you. What he's saying is, hey, sit up and take, listen. Hey, 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 pay attention. I'm underlining this. I'm, I'm bold facing this. I'm putting it in all caps. Come on, I need your attention. That's what it's doing when you hear Jesus doing this. And, and, and if two times equals that emphasis, what does it mean when it's three times? Here's what it means. It means this is of utmost and superlative importance. And Psalm 99, three times, says, He is holy. Specifically in verse 3, His name is holy. And then also in verses 5 and 9, He as the Lord our God is holy. It also reveals to us four places where God reigns holy and sovereign and above all. And, I might add, alone. By the way, alone. A-L-O-N-E. Or if you kind of just separate it just a little bit, all one. Ah. Verse 1 tells us He reigns between the cherubims. Verse 5 tells us He reigns at His footstool. Verse 7 says He reigns in the cloudy pillar. And verse 9, at His holy hill. Mm. Now while the background of Psalm 99 and its writer are unknown, we do know from the lyrics of this superlative psalm that it is declaring to us the absolute wonder and superlative wonder, I might add, of the holiness of God. The first three verses declare His holiness. Somebody say declare. declare. Everything 
I repeat, everything is under God's control. Not most things, not 99.9% of things, everything. And the imagery of these first three verses describe God ruling and reigning sovereignly, justly, and most importantly, holy over the whole earth. Ah, come on. Politics might mess things up. Man has a way of messing things up. But God can't be messed up. God can't be dethroned. He can't be impeached and he ain't going to resign. Hallelujah. He is sovereign and just and holy over the whole earth. It is because of this, as well as other parts of this psalm, that makes it prophetic of the second coming of Jesus Christ. Verse 1 says, the Lord reigns, let the people tremble. Amen. This word means to quake or be afraid and to stand in awe. How many of you know we're to work out our own salvation with much fear and trembling? Well, let me say this. Work out your own salvation with much fear and trembling now so you won't be afraid to stand before Jesus Christ then. (laughs) Verse 1 also states that He, God, this God that reigns, this holy God all by Himself, He sets between the cherubs, let the earth be moved. (laughs) In other words, (laughs) we... When God takes his place, everything else has to move out of the way. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost right now. Yeah, there was a few years ago I, I, I preached a message and, and, and I shared with you an illustration. I had a, I had a couple of men sitting on chairs here and I kind of got in between them, if you remember. And when God moves, somebody else has to move. Oh, let the earth be moved. God reigns. Hallelujah. This, by the way, describes his throne. Now, the Ark of the Covenant we know is covered by the mercy seat. It included two cherubs on that mercy seat with their faces downward and their wings touching. It's also these cherubs that I've already quoted that that both Isaiah and John saw in Isaiah 6 and Revelation 4. It describes God's throne and his throne room. Not only is he holy, he reigns in holiness. And the earth needs to be moved. Again, this points to the second coming of Jesus Christ. The Bible says that the sun will stop shining. The stars will fall from the sky. The moon will turn to blood. The heavens will be shaken. The mountains will melt like wax. Islands will float out into the sea. The earth and the heavens will violently shake when Jesus comes again. So, make sure... You are on the right side when Jesus comes again. Because, watch this, if you are, the Bible says in the book of Hebrews that we receive a kingdom that cannot be shaken. When this earth is shaken and everything in it, we who are born again will have received a kingdom that cannot and will not be shaken. Hallelujah. Verse 2, the Lord is great in Zion. By the way, that can be uh, typified of His church. Amen. He is high above all the people. This reveals His supreme and preeminent authority. No one outranks God. 
<laughs> oh, Lord, have mercy. Verse 3, let them praise thy great and terrible, that word terrible there means awesome, thy great and awesome name, for it is holy. Well, it would stand to reason. If everything about him is holy, then of course his name is going to be holy. Oh, listen, when you pray in that name, you're praying in the holiest of holies name. When you pray in that name, you're praying in a name that outranks every other name. Oh, hallelujah. There's not a president or a prince or a king or a queen or a prime minister. There's not an official. There's not an entire person that outranks God. There's not a devil in hell or an angel in heaven that outranks God. He reigns alone. He reigns supreme. And His name is holy. I don't know if this psalmist yet had a prophetic view of the, com the coming revealed name, Jesus Christ. But at least I would understand that he would have had a name an understanding, rather, of the revealed name in the Old Covenant, which would have been Yahweh. I am that I am. But you and I know that Yahweh became Yeshua in flesh. Amen. And I am that I am is Jesus Christ. Amen. So when we declare that name, oh, hallelujah, we're declaring the highest name ever revealed. God's holiness sets Him apart from everything and everyone else every judgment he makes is holy everything he says is holy everything he does is holy there's not a place you can go and get away from the holiness of God I like how one psalmist said it if I make my bed in hell he's there you can't ah, you can't go somewhere where he's not hallelujah well, what this means is that when he comes again, the outpouring of his wrath will be holy. It will be holy because God will judge the righteous and punish the wicked. Those who are righteous will be seated on his right hand, the sheep. Those who are wicked will be on his left hand, the goats. Hmm. Jesus is coming in, by the way, real soon. Are you ready to go when he comes? Don't be on the wrong side of eternity. If you're not saved, if you haven't repented, been baptized, filled with the Holy Ghost, don't wait. Do it today. And if you have been, renew that experience and keep walking in the holiness of God. Hallelujah. So that's his holiness Declared. Somebody say described. We're not, now we're going to talk about His holiness described. Verses 4 and 5. The king's strength also loves judgment. You do establish equity. You execute judgment and righteousness in Jacob. Exalt ye the Lord our God and worship at His footstool for He is holy. God, this ultimate king of kings, is strong, loves judgment, establishes equity, and executes judgment and righteousness faithfully. Unlike the kings of this earth who can be bribed, who can be filled with pride, who can do evil, God cannot fail. Zephaniah 3.5. Furthermore, 
God cannot lie. Titus 1-2. God always does what is just, right, holy, and true. Every time. He doesn't have a bad hair day. He doesn't wake up and make a mistake. He doesn't miss an appointment. <laughs> Amen. I'm talking about the description of His holiness. Listen, people may have hurt you, but Jesus heals you. People may have wronged you, but Jesus will do right by you. He's not prejudiced. He cannot be bought. He cannot be bribed. He cannot be fooled by lies and deceit and counterfeit methods. He does not need any scientific forensic method to determine the truth. He is the truth. When Pilate said, what is truth? I wish I would have been there. Hold on, Pilate. That's the wrong question. Truth is not a what. Truth is a who. You're looking at him. You're staring him in the face, Pilate. Hallelujah. And he is on his throne forever. He will not abdicate it to another authority. He will not abdicate it to another person. He will not abdicate it to another spirit. He alone will reign on that throne forever and ever and ever and ever and ever and ever. Watch, the religious leaders could not dethrone him when he walked this earth. Satan could not dethrone him when he had him crucified on a tree. Amen. Humanism, atheism, socialism, communism, and any and every other ism has not, cannot, and will not ever dethrone God. That also means your problem your concern, your situation, what you're facing and dealing with will never dethrone God. Verse 5 says, Exalt ye the Lord our God and worship at His footstool, for He is holy. So just what is God's footstool? This word footstool is translated from an ancient Hebrew word which means to stamp upon. Further pointing to the final judgment when Jesus Christ comes. In in Psalm 110, I want to read this to you. I'm going to read it from the New Living. It says, The Lord said to my Lord, Sit in the place of honor at my right hand until I humble your enemies, making them a footstool under your feet. (laughs) Now Isaiah prophesied about God and His footstool in the 66th chapter of Isaiah which, by the way, corresponds to the book of Revelation and the Apocalypse. Isaiah 66, verse 1 says, Thus says the Lord, Heaven is my throne, and the earth is my footstool. Remember, footstool means something to stamp upon. So when Jesus Christ returns, He will put His foot on the Mount of Olives, and it will split in two. So Psalm 99, 110, Isaiah 66, and others are prophesying about the coming of Jesus Christ. Hear me. Evil prevails today. And it may seem that evil is winning. 
It may appear that evildoers are going unpunished for their sin. It may appear that God is being passive-aggressive to the state of our sin-sick world, but I've come with a message from the throne room of God. I've been in the Holy of Holies this week. I've had a talk with God, and I come today to declare to you that Jesus Christ is the righteous judge of the whole earth. He's the judge of the living and the dead, and He alone has the final say. Hallelujah. His verdict can never be overturned or never be overruled. If you're overwhelmed by the evil that plagues our society, I remind you what the scriptures say. Where sin abounded, grace doth much more abound. If you're confused at the prosperity of the wicked, I remind you about Psalm 73. Asaph was also confused. And he said, when I thought to know this, Psalm 73, it was too painful for me. Until, until I went into the sanctuary of God, then understood I there when he had a prayer meeting, when he quit thinking about it with his carnal mind, he got into the sanctuary and then he began to understand it all. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. In the past, when this psalm would have been written, the footstool of God would have been known to be the Ark of the Covenant. In the present church, His footstool is His presence that we enjoy daily, which is what the Ark of the Covenant represented. But in the future, His footstool will be His judgment upon the earth. Now that same judgment, simultaneously, will be the redemption of the righteous and wrath for the wicked. And we will worship at His footstool. Because when that day comes, once and for all, we will be delivered from the presence of sin. Watch. When you're justified, you're delivered from the penalty of sin. When you're baptized in His name, filled with His Spirit, that's justification against the penalty. You deserve death, I deserve death, but He took our place. Right? As I walk in sanctification and live a life pleasing to Him, I'm saved from the power of sin over me. I'm no longer an addict. I'm no longer an ism. I'm no longer what I used to be. I'm delivered. I'm set free. And I walk in that daily. And even if I fall, a just man falls seven times, but I get back up again. I keep going. But when I'm glorified, it won't just be the penalty and the power. I'll be delivered from the presence of sin. It's like those first two chapters of Genesis. No sin, no serpent, no shame, no guilt, no fear, no anxiety. Hallelujah. And that is His holiness described. But now, I'd like to take you to Psalm 99.6 through 9 and talk to you about His holiness demonstrated. Moses and Aaron among the priests and Samuel among them that call upon his name. They called upon the Lord and he answered them. He spake unto them in the cloudy pillar. Hallelujah. They kept his testimonies and the ordinance that he gave them. You answered them, O Lord our God. You were a God that forgave them, though you took vengeance on their inventions. Again, that's their iniquities. Exalt the Lord our God and worship at his holy hill, for the Lord our God is holy. 
like any anointed preacher should, the psalmist reaches back into the ancient scrolls, which we now call the Bible, and uses Moses and Aaron and Samuel to illustrate the demonstration of God's holy because he is holy, because he is just, right, and true, and because he cannot lie and cannot fail. He will answer when we call. Hallelujah. They called upon him and he answered them. Hallelujah. Any good fathers in the building? Any good moms in the building? Any good men or women in the building? Do you like to do things for other people as you can and as much as you can? Do you like to help people? Well, if you do, imagine how much more God wants to answer when we call. This is the demonstration of His holiness. God wants us to call upon Him when we're in need. He wants to manifest Himself and perform His word on our behalf. In verse 7 it says, He spoke to them in the cloudy pillar. They kept His testimonies and the ordinance that He gave them. I want to tell somebody, God wants to speak. Will you listen? Mm. Verse 8, you answered them, O Lord our God. You were a God that forgave them. Anybody thankful for forgiveness? Hallelujah. Though you took vengeance on their inventions. Hallelujah. Again, the psalmist here explains that God is going to punish evil. This is now the third time he's brought up this element. Again, pointing to the ultimate time when he returns. And punishing evil, by the way, is also a demonstration of his holiness. It also proves that God's mercy and truth are inseparable. He forgave the woman that was cast at his feet. Go and sin no more. That's mercy. Or neither do I condemn you. That's mercy. But go and sin no more. That's truth. Watch what Romans chapter 5 says. Talk about the demonstration of holiness. Ready? Watch. For when we were yet without strength. In other words, we couldn't do it on our own. We never can, by the way. In due time... Christ died for the ungodly. I was in that number. So were you. For scarcely, watch this, for scarcely, for a righteous man will one die. You hear about it occasionally, but it's rare. Yet peradventure for a good man, some would even dare to die. Again, maybe a military, you know, you, you hear about those that give their lives. And, 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 but it's, again, it's rare. But watch this. But God, King James says commendeth, that means demonstrated but God demonstrated his love toward us watch this in that while we were yet sinners wait a minute he didn't wait till we had got good enough he didn't wait till we had paid enough tithe and offering he didn't wait until we'd come to church and got you know perfect attendance for a year I'm not, not dogging on those things, but hear me. He didn't wait till we could get good enough because you can't get good enough to get God. You've got to get God to get good enough. So he demonstrated his holiness in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Anybody thankful for that? Come on, let's just thank you for a minute. Verse 9, 
much more than being now justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. What this is saying is, if you're on the right side, if you're that sheep, if you're that righteous one, if you've been born again and, you, and you've started strong and you're going to finish faithful, watch what's going to happen. You're going to be saved from the wrath that's coming. All the wrath that Psalm 99 talks about that's going to be poured out at his footstool and so forth, you'll be saved from it. It doesn't mean once saved, always saved. I want to be clear on that. We're not going to be once saved, always saved until we're in heaven. Then we can say we're once saved and always saved. Because salvation, if I could use this term, is elastic. I was saved when I was justified. But how many of you know there's some of us that have backslidden after we got justified? I'm being saved while I'm sanctified. But how many of you know I still fail? And you still fail, right? Okay? It's why we work out our salvation with much fear and trembling. We can rejoice in salvation, and we should. We can rejoice in the coming of the Lord, and we should. But we should also continue to work out our salvation so that when the goosebumps wear off after Sunday and Monday comes around, we're still living for God. Ah, but if we do that, here's what's going to happen. We're going to be saved from the wrath to come. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Watch this. My sin was judged and forgiven through the blood of Jesus Christ. Therefore, I have hope that when he comes... I'll spend eternity with him. Now, if I were to try to be holy without Christ, I would utterly fail. I might look the part. I might fool myself and others. But if I were to try to act, talk, live, dress, etc., being holy without, it wouldn't work. Why? Here's why. Holiness is not the way to Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is the way to holiness. <laughs> so, but watch. As I become like him. Here, okay, let, let, me, let me make it plain. <laughs> I was talking to my son yesterday. I was practicing what I'm supposed to say this coming week. I have five minutes. And I've been told it's, it's a hard five. And those of you that have seen the outline of the wedding coming up, it's like, wow. We, we've got it pinpointed, you know, 202 is this, 217 is that. It's like, okay. So I, I'm literally, I'm sitting there practicing in the hotel room. I'm reading it, and I'm timing it. Okay, four minutes and 59 seconds. I'm like, man. So I practice it again. I got it down to four minutes and 45 seconds. I'm like, man, this is going to take this sentence out and that. Third time I practiced, I started crying. So I texted Braxton and Hey, bud, love you, proud of you, you know, whatever. You know, appreciate you. Thank God for where you're at, you know, all this stuff. I said, by the way, you might want to carry a handkerchief because I'm crying practicing, so I'm probably going to do that when we, when we get there. Anyway, he texts back, Dad, thank you. Thank you for everybody, you know, all the lessons you've taught me, this and that, the other thing. And then he says something. He says, everywhere I go, Dad, people say I'm a little Myron. Watch. I look like you. And I act like you. Watch. That's exactly what I meant, just meant when I said, Jesus Christ is the way to holiness. Not holiness is the way to Jesus Christ. When you're born again, I love all of your babies. I know we say, oh, he has your eyes and those. No, they don't. We just say that. You know, it's not until they start to get a little bit older that we start seeing features that are really noticeable. 
okay? Are you with me? But as, they, as you mature in Christ, you begin to look like your father and your mother. The mother's the church. You ever heard that phrase? We have the same you know, father but different mother, right? Because you know, we're born again. Actually, you could say it this way. We have the same father and mother because the church is the mother of us all. I want to look like my daddy. I want to experience the superlative holiness of God. So because, watch this, because I'm in him and he's in me, I can now be holy and bask in the superlative holiness of God. Hallelujah. Uh, Verse 3 of this psalm. It's possible that you could translate the verse. Can you put verse 3 up, Brother Sam? It's possible to translate this verse this way. Let them praise your name, O great and awesome one. I wonder, does anybody here know that God's been awesome to you? Is there anybody online that can thumb up or, or you know, what? Come on. Has God been awesome to you? You know... <laughs> I got to thinking about something. I, a lot of times I like to bring a song out when I'm preaching because, you know, those, those songs, they nursed me and weaned me when I was in the church, you know, uh, being, being you know, literally a child in, into my, you know, teen years. But, but those songs speak a lot to us, don't they? How, how many of you have ever had a song really just speak to you? You know, praise team gets up and starts singing something. All of a sudden you're like, whoa, man, Holy Ghost hits you. Uh, whether it's, you know, owl running and jumping or whether it's crying and bowing, you know, Right. Well, I have that happen a lot, too. So as I'm putting this message together, there's this old course that just, that just came into my spirit. Shannon, can you get up here, please, and give me my key that I like to play? Isaac, come on, get up here real quick. Come on, 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 come on. Move it. Hallelujah, in Jesus' name. Now, I need some old-fashioned drumming, okay? You know, that, 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 that kind of, you know, gospel kind of drumming. I, 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 50 years? Boy, I'm going to whoop you. Hallelujah. You just follow me, okay? None of that fancy stuff. This, this is black gospel kind of stuff, okay? All right. You with me now? All right. Well, what key is that? E flat. Mm-hmm. He's God on this platform. God back by the door. God in the amen corner. And he's God forevermore. I know God is God. God don't ever change. I know God is God. Jesus is his name. Well, he's God on the platform. God back by the door. Hallelujah. God in the amen corner. God forevermore. I know God is God. God don't ever change. I know God. And Jesus is his name. He's God when the lightning flashes. God when the thunder rolls. God way up in heaven. And he's got down in my soul, I know God. Well, he's God when the lightning flashes. God when the thunder rolls. God way up in heaven. And God down in my soul, I know God is God. You know what? We, we've got a couple of minutes before 
first half ends here. I wonder if we could just give God some superlative worship for His superlative holiness. Because I couldn't be where I am without Him. I wouldn't be saved, sanctified, and on my way to glory without Him. So I wonder if we could just take the next five minutes and, and just have a little bit of church. I know we're going to sing later. I get all that. But I, I wonder if we could just get warmed up for second half. Hallelujah. I'm so glad that the Lord saved me. He picked me up and from sin set me free. If it had not been for Jesus, tell me where would I be? I'm so glad that the Lord saved me. He saved me. He saved me. He saved me. He saved me. If it had not been for Jesus, where would I be? I'm so glad that the Lord saved me. I'm so glad that the Lord saved me. He picked me up and from sin set me free. If it had not been for Jesus, tell me, where would I be? I'm so glad that the Lord saved me. Come on, put your hands together. a little bit. Thank you for his goodness a little bit. Hey, 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 hey. Well, come on, bless that wonderful name of Jesus. Oh, bless that wonderful name of Jesus. Bless that wonderful name of Jesus. There's no other name. Hey, there is power in the name of Jesus. Oh, there's power in the name. Wonder working power in the name. And there's no other name. I know how I love that wonderful name of Jesus. Yes, I love that wonderful name. Yes, I love that wonderful name. No other name. Now, a lot of this song was about the coming of the Lord. How many of you, there's some things in this life you just don't understand? How many of you know that there's coming a day that we're going to understand it better by and by? Singing by. And by when the morning comes, when all the saints of God gather home, we will tell the story how we've overcome, and we'll understand it better. Woo! I tell you, by and by, when the morning comes, when all the saints of God gather home, we will tell the story. How we've overcome, and we'll understand it better. But one more.
more time singing now say by and by when the morning comes when all the saints of God gather home we will tell the story and we'll understand it better by and by glory first half and get ready for second half I want you to remember the superlative holiness of God I'm going to challenge you last week Bishop challenged us to worship like we already had our miracle our healing whatever here's what I'm going to challenge you to do the minute Trevor is done announcing stuff and we're singing I dare you I double dog I triple dog dare you to put it all in and worship like you've lost your ever loving mind and I guarantee you Ain't none of you gonna out worship me. I'll see you. And say, That's it. Well, okay, you're on. <laughs>